At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Black and Gold Nation, man. We in this thing. Sports coma coming at you Monday stream. Much love to the great Saint Bank Tank. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with BQ and the guys. But we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. I'm BQ. I'm in the building. Much love to the great Saint Thank Tank. Much love to the Who That Nation. Much love to the Black and Gold Nation. I appreciate you guys for being in this rendition of the a Monday stream coming at you. This one called Dolphins plan to pursue uh, Sean Payton. We're going to cover that. That's exclusively broke by the PFF camp. You know, we're going to cover that article and several others on this episode of the coma. I'm going to try not to keep you guys very long on this rendition. Much love to the fam. Appreciate you. And as always, uh, welcome on and I hope you guys have a good start of your weekend. Please feel free to hit the like button fam. If you hadn't hit the like button, please feel free to spank upon the like button. Hit it for me. Also hit your notification. And if you're not a subscriber, please feel free to subscribe and join the Sports Coma today. Much love to the fam. All right. With that being said, man, much love to my dog, Hoodie Jube, who's the sponsor of the Sports Coma this month. Much love to my dog, Hoodie Jube. Feel free to give him a like. Feel free to go to his channel on YouTube and join. Hit, Hit that subscribe button and join my boys platform you're doing good work over that very dedicated man and he continued to kind of cover the, the saints uh with passion and energy man so holla at hoodie and hook him up all right so with that being said much love to the fam i appreciate each one of y'all for being in the live stream appreciate you uh mocha thank you for your super chat my friend appreciate you uh much love to you and thank you for the super chat uh, as well much love to the fam thank you uh uh as well appreciate you all right, and to the rest of the fam, who that to all of the family members up in this thing? Uh, Brother Jerry, who that to your hoodie? Who that to you? Who that Dana? Who that to you? GM Kev as well. Tim Dunn, who that to you? 
Uh, who else? We got Vernon. What's up, Vernon? Who that to your fam? Appreciate you. Jasper Bowden. Who that to your Saints Pelicans Nation? Who that to your fam? All right. Who else? We got chiming and on up in this thing. Brother Tory Shepard Sr. Who that to you, Tory? Much love, my friend. All right. What's up, C-Step? Much love, fam. Appreciate you being here as well. All right. Uh, let's see who else we got. Brian Pearson. Who that to you? What's up, Brian? Who that? Um, pick it and flick it. Who that to you? Appreciate you. Sir Footlong in the building. Much love, fam. Derek White. Who that to you as well? All right. Uh, JT, brother JT. Much love to you, brother JT. Appreciate you for being here as well, my friend. Much love to you and your all right, who else we got chiming on up in this thing? Tramal's in the building. What's up, brother Tramal? Who that to you as well? Derek Cropper, who that to you as well? All right, appreciate you. 504 Co, who that to you? Big Ant, who that to you? Dre Day, who that to you? Lavelle, I see your family, who that to you? And all the family members, man, much love to y'all. Hope y'all have a good uh, Monday and a good start of your week uh, for this region. It is uh, Mardi Gras time. Tomorrow is Mar uh, Mardi Gras day. The first is Fat Tuesday. Uh, tomorrow so i uh, hope you guys had a good festival season at uh, tomorrow will be the final day so i hope you guys are doing pretty good inevitable what's up fam who that to you as well good to see you all right hoodie thank you for your super chat my friend says uh keep everyone here until <laughs> 10 p.m then send them over to hoodies live broadcast i got you <laughs> i think they know my friend i think you just tipped your hat to them and they know <laughs> All right, so much love, fam. Appreciate you. Uh, Nola, Nola uh, baby Kevin Conley, what's up, fam? Who that to you? Uh, what's up, Anthony? Who that to you as well? So much love to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all in this installment. So we're going to talk about the uh, black and gold like we do today. I'm several news articles that I'm going to go over with the family members today, and we're going to cover some stuff as well. So, yeah, I'm looking at a lot of stuff here. We the, One of the biggest articles we're going to cover is the Dolphins' plan to pursue uh, Coach Payton. Uh, and of course, uh, we'll get into that story. We'll also talk about uh, some other stories. Jameis Winston as well. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Jameis uh, running for the first time. I'm going to show you him on the treadmill running to see he looks good. He's getting just in time, getting in shape just in time and getting healthy at the right time. Uh, we're going to go over Saints salary cap uh, cut possibilities on top of what the Saints were able to do uh, to chop it down. We're going to talk about the Saints International Series and other news and notes as well. So, and some, and, and, and I was able to go back in the Wayback Machine and find an article about, uh, it was back in 2016, really interesting. If you go back, and I'm going to share it with you, it's from 24-7 uh, Sports, and it dealt with Coach Payton in a trade. And it's way back from 2016. It's interesting what it, it how it comes to light now. So we're going to go back and revisit that. And plus, also, we're going to feel, we're going to step into, uh, and look at the uh, salary cap situation according to Sport Tracks. We're going to do all that and more today. So feel free to hit the like upon the like button as we get going. All right, here we go. As we get shared here. All right, the Dolphins plan to pursue Coach Payton. Uh, as you can see, Tom, and, uh, Tom Brady for the 2022. And like I said, that was coming from these dudes. Floria, Fleoria, as I call them. Well, I really don't like this man, but it's this, but he is the one that got this story out uh, first among the family members. And this is what's called uh, today. So let's go over to Miami Dolphins are moving forward with Mike McDaniels as the head coach. And for now to a tag Avola as the starting quarterback at one point. As I say, is that at one point after the end of the 2021 season, 
However, the Dolphins explored a different approach per multiple sources. And as first revealed on Monday's PFT Live, the Dolphins plan to pursue Coach Payton to be the coach and Tom Brady to be the starting quarterback. The plan was scrapped after Flores filed this lawsuit against the NFL and generally the Dolphins, Giants and Broncos specifically. Now, on the record, the Dolphins declined to comment on this story and team sources who requested anonymity. Uh, <laughs> To the story. Hold on, let me go on back. It dropped on me. Uh, due to the sensitivity of issues confirmed that the team cont- cont- contacted the Saints to seek permission to speak to Coach Payton, the Saints per Dolphin sources declined the request, which they contend was made after Payton resigned on Tuesday, January the 25th, but before Flores filed his lawsuit one week later. By rule, the Dolphins first would have to have reached an agreement with the Saints as to potential compensation for the hiring of Coach Payton. Once an agreement had been reached, the Dolphins then would have to work out an agreement directly with Peyton himself. Now, as to Brady, the Dolphins sources contend that internal discussions occurred regarding the possibility of adding Brady as a minority owner. But that but that those considerations were currently on hold. The delay per Dolphins sources has nothing to do with a lawsuit. It's more about the uncertain status of Brady's retirement from plan. Once it's clear he's not coming back to play for the Buccaneers or some other team, the plan for selling him a piece of the team to Brady could proceed. Now, rumors have persisted for two years regarding Brady's potential involvement with the Dolphins, either as a player or an owner. The connection arises from Brady's friendship with Bruce Beal, a significant limited partner who's poised to eventually purchase the team from Stephen Ross. So it is unclear whether to what extent either Peyton or Brady actually aware of the plan to pursue him. It's hard to imagine the Dolphins would have made a blind request for permission to pursue Coach Peyton without Peyton being interested. As to Brady, the fact that he's reportedly and indeed is the unnamed quarterback with whom Ross allegedly tried to uh, get Flores to tamper in 2020 makes another run at Brady's not a lucrative uh, uh, a lucrative thought, a ludicrous thought, I'm sorry, especially since the Dolphins have put together a team that has finished two straight seasons above 500, but with no playoff appearances. We talked about this on the show, by the way, fam. Remember, we did that. We talked about it. What's up, Slim? Uh, and Will, what's up, Will? Brother Will Dickerson. We talked about that on the uh, previous stream, fam. Y'all remember that we was caught Kevin. There. What's up, Pelicans Nola? Much love, fam. Uh, Gabe Thomas, what's up, fam? Much love. Who that? But, you know, we covered that. We talked about uh, that. I said that quarterback who he who uh, Flores was supposed to meet on that boat was Tom Brady. Remember I said that? And I was like, he was uh, not with the the Buccaneers at that time. So that story that he gave out does lend credence to what what uh, what uh, Flores was saying. So it, we, we'll see how it all goes. But they know how to protect their own, though. I'll tell you what. Them owners and them rich people get together, man. They be, they'll try to manipulate and block as much as they can. All right. So, well, anyway, Brady remains on the Bucks roster. He'll stay there until June the 2nd at the earliest. Any move made before then would trigger a $32 million cap charge in 2022 for the Buccaneers. After a June 2 or June 2nd, a retirement or trade will push the bulk of the cap charge into 2023. Although Brady has said he's done playing, if you believe it, whether it's with the Bucks or somewhere else, he could return as soon as 2022. That could happen with the Dolphins, depending on whether the Dolphins make some other move at quarterback between now and then until the Dolphins acquire a new quarterback. Their top option will continue to be tag Lavalois. So, yeah, the reality is we said that. And even though the I guess certain media uh, personnel really know Tom Brady is not done, even though he said he was. 
Uh, players are still lulling him like what Cam Jordan was reaching out to Tom Brady. Remember, Tom Brady wanted to come to the Saints after he left New England. He loved what the Saints had going on. He loved the defense, the running game, and the weapons. And he wanted to be there and kind of waited to see what Drew Brees was going to do. Ultimately, the Saints chose Drew over him. And he held that grudge for the last two years. He really did. He even said little sneaky, snaky stuff about the fact because he, he nobody turns down Tom Brady, right? He's Mr. Tom Terrific, you know. But anyway, that's the story from the Dolphins plan to pursue uh, Coach Payton. And, and the being that after he resigned, they go to him and say, hey, we, we want to pick up a trade for him. The Saints turn him down, according to the article. It's interesting to see why. Uh, perhaps, you know, Coach Payton didn't want to go there to Miami. You know, and do the Saints open up a door. They love him that much to send him wherever he wants to go. And I don't think it's Miami. I don't think it's the Chargers. I think it's going to be Dallas. I mean, we know Coach Payton has a house over there. We know that he came from there. So, I mean, we'll see how it all shake. I ain't a mind reader, but I'm saying some should be really clear sometimes. You know what I mean? Anyway, let's move on to the next article. This is from uh, uh, from the what is it? Uh, let's see. Uh, Stephen Law from USA Today Sports. Via Yard Barker, QB Jameis Winston runs for the first time since tearing his ACL. Now, we've seen him move around, uh, and I played that earlier. What's up, Young City Night Ward? Who that to you? Three L's. Much love to you, fam. Appreciate you being in the building. Hit the like button, fam. If you're in the stream, please feel free to hit the like button. Kashawn, what's up, fam? Much love to you. Who that to you? Appreciate all y'all, man. Thank y'all for joining me on the stream. Please hit the like button if you hadn't already hit it. All right, hit Jameis Winston for the first time, man. Jameis was serving as a starting quarterback for the Saints when he tore an ACL and damaged his MCL during a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when his, his former team on Halloween afternoon. And boy, what a Halloween when that guy ripped him down from behind, causing damage to him. But Jameis Winston, like a champion, uh, got back up on his legs figuratively and literally and have rehabbed himself. And it's looking good. Now, as Miles Simmons explained from the pro football talk, Winston was seen running for the first time since his injury on Monday. The 28-year-old who will be a free agent when the new NFL year opens next month will be utilizing an anti-gravity treadmill, which allows him to run without his legs absorbing his entire body weight. That's pretty freaking amazing. An anti-gravity treadmill. Now, what the hell does that look like? You know what I'm saying, fam? What does the ant? I'm my my my. Uh, uh, interests are peaked. What the hell is an anti-gravity treadmill? Well, there you go. You know, asking you shall find <laughs> an anti-gravity treadmill. There you go. You're like, man, what the hell is that? What kind of cartoons madness is this? Well, there you go. The anti-gravity treadmill. Boy, isn't technology awesome? You know, isn't that awesome? So for people that be like, yeah, you know, what the hell? There you go, fam. It look really weird. But, you know, that's what Jameis is going to be running. Boy, I'll tell you about how far science and people have came, man. You know, anti-gravity damn treadmills. Wow. All right. So anyway, I just, just was peaked. As a matter of fact, there it is right there. <laughs> Which allows him to run without his legs absorbing the entire weight. Now, here go Adam Schefter. The tweet was based on it. Free agent Jameis Winston running for the first time since undergoing surgery on his left ACL. He tore October the 31st. Uh, by the Buccaneers. So here's the Twitter. Let me kind of love screaming that thing. You can see Jameis happily going and doing his thing right there. So look at Jameis running in the anti-gravity treadmill. Go ahead, Jameis. I'm trying to get it strong again. Go ahead, brother. Much love to Jameis, man. 
So as you can see, Jameis is doing his thing, man, running on the treadmill and uh, doing his thing. So Jameis is doing it. What's up, Muse? Much love to you, baby. J-Rock, what's up, fam? Who that tell you? Look at Jameis, man. Brother got torn down, bro. The man is running, bro. We seen him stepping and doing his thing. He is running. Now, he's on the right side of things, man. And like I said, it takes a lot, man, to go through what he, he did. And you seeing Jameis Winston running, man. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. Congratulations, Jameis. That's 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 a lot, man, to deal with, to get back, to get right, to learn how to walk again. And now he's running again. Sometimes we think about it. But truth be told, fam, that is a feat for him to go through. But anyway, last week, Trout of the NFL reported that the Saints would open contract talks with Winston soon if they hadn't already done so at the time. So Trotter, there you see right there, him and a link talking about it. So, you know, hold on here. Let me make sure I go back to that. But yeah, that's Trotter right there talking about it. And, and we covered this in the previous stream. It remains unclear if Winston was able to start for any team in week one. This coming fall, star wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. missed the first couple of days of this past campaign after he went down with a torn ACL in October the 20. Before his injury, Winston passed for 1,170 yards with 14 touchdowns against three interceptions, a career-high 102.8 passer rating, and a total QBR of 64.4 per ESPN stats. He was the backup of former New Orleans starter and future Hall of Famer Drew Brees during the 2020 season. So Jameis Winston, man, back on his feet and doing it for the uh, trying to get back healthy again. And like I said, I got to give Jameis some credit, man, for getting back on his feet. So big ups to Jameis Winston and congratulations. That's a big feat indeed. And look at this damn thing, man. <laughs> Just anti-gravity treadmill. All right, let's move on, fam. And this is going to our good friend from the Saints News Network, Mr. Bob Rose, who's one of the best uh, beat writers, in my opinion. What's up, Kai? Who that to you? Brother Dada is in the building. What's up, free game? Brother Sean, who that to you, fam? Good to see you as well. Much love. All right, what's up, Dewan? Who that, fam? Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All right, Tim, much love. Brother Joseph, I see you. Joe Thomas in the building. What's up, fam? All right, so with that being said, man, uh, New Orleans Saints entered the 2022 offseason as over as a projected $76 trillion over the expected salary cap for the upcoming season. Over the weekend, New Orleans restructured the contracts of wide receiver Kane guard Mike Mike Thomas, OT uh, Ryan Big Check Ram Check, and I don't have a, a nickname for Andrews Pete. It's just Andrews Pete. <laughs> 
uh, hopefully Andrews repeat won't have a repeat of uh, the injured year that he last year. He'd be able to take it. So hold on. Hopefully that'll be the it won't be the case for him. He'll be totally healthy to save around about thirty four million dollars between those three players. The Saints are now at an approximately forty three million overage as of the projected salary cap. Now, several other veterans will likely be restructured to create additional cap space. Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, and Tayshawn, and I'm about to say Tayshawn, Taysom Hill uh, seem the most likely candidates. Now, the 2022 salary cap is projected to be a 208.2 mil, my man, my in big money. An increase of almost 26 mil over the last year. New Orleans still has some numbers juggling to do, but it shouldn't have to, shouldn't have two part with any big name contributors. However, the Saints have some important roster holes to address, and the team will have to part with some players to have a productive offseason. Here are mo- here are most likely members of the Saints that me- we may see depart. And remember, this is Bob Rose, who's probably one of the really good ones, the best at doing this, breaking it down. So first up is Bradley Roby. Remember, we gave up some draft compensation to get this guy in here, almost like a knee jerk reaction, uh, not knowing what we fully had in Paulson Adebo. But once Paulson Adebo got that cornerback, that back spot opposite of Laddie Daddy, he never relinquished it. And also that kind of put Bradley Roby to the fourth string cornerback position because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson occupied the nickel position. So he went from what could be a starter to a for a dime back, you know, so that was really interesting as well. Thank you, hoodie. Injury Pete. <laughs> uh, injury repeat. Hopefully not, though. Thank you, hoodie, for your super chat, bro. All right, so New Orleans took on Roby's contract when they acquired him in a trade with Houston before the start of the year after missing the season opener because of league suspension. He appeared in 14 games for the Saints last year. He was inactive for the final two contests. Roby had one interception. He broke up five passes, recorded a sack, and three tackles for a loss. He allowed 70% completion rate when targeted. Damn, that's high. But surrendered just one touchdown during the season. Roby didn't play poorly. He just didn't play well enough to supplant rookie third-round pick Paulson Adebo in the lineup. An eight-year veteran, Roby still a starting quality corner. His And his presence gives the Saints a deep crew of coverage corners to combat quality receiving cores but not at that price. Roby could return to the Saints on a lesser deal, but will not be returned retained on his current agreement or contract. And they, and, and of course you look at some of the money here. I kind of skipped to the paragraph six, section as Roby's 29 years of age, 2022 cap hit of 10 million cap savings of 10 million dead cap, nothing. So that's why they're saying that he could be a guy that the Saints, you know, kind of either, restructure or they just kind of just get rid of them which you know i'm kind of against we gave up some a, a, a third round you know we gave up a pick to land this guy and i don't want just just you know get rid of the pick but seeing that you're dealing with the money you might have to so we'll see how the black and gold do it but uh, roby was at the top of bob rose's uh possible cut list all right here go another one cut possibility almost certain so he thinking malcolm jenkins we know sooner or later malcolm jenkins uh, was the Saints was not going to keep Malcolm Jenkins on his current arrangement more than likely to try to restructure it. Uh, but it's one of two things got to happen for the black and gold in terms of the back end of the defense, which is a solid defense. We can Malcolm Jenkins give, can he play on a cheaper deal or a more efficient deal for the team's books? They can restructure his deal. And then of course it is the Marcus Williams question, which Marcus Williams, do you pay Marcus Williams or do you franchise tag him for another year? Almost certainly the Saints have to address the Marcus Williams 
a situation. In my opinion, Marcus Williams should get the money because I think under the tutelage of guys like Chris Richard and Dennis Allen, who have a lot of high side or belief into Marcus Williams, I think that he can develop into a lot better safety. Uh, He's kind of on the fringe right now of breaking through that glass ceiling, but under the tutelage of guys like uh, uh, Coach Chris Richard, I think that they can develop him and turn him up to something. Remember, when he gets that money, they're going to be really counting on Marcus Williams to elevate his play, almost like what Marshawn Lattimore was when Katz was saying Lattimore was garbage and that he wasn't worth the money, right? He made him eat those words. He made those cats eat their words. All right, so you're looking at Jenkins' 2022 cap hit of 12.2 mil, cap savings of 8.2 mil, and a dead cap of just under 4 mil. Now, Jenkins finished the second stint with the Saints in 21. He was a first-round choice by New Orleans in 09 NFL draft and is the last remaining player from the Super Bowl championship team. After the five standout seasons with the Saints, Jenkins signed with the Eagles as a free agent, a three-time Pro Bowler, and a Super Bowl champion in six seasons with the Eagles. He returned to New Orleans in 21. A 13-year veteran, Jenkins does add that valuable experience and leadership to the defense. He's still a force as a run defender. He certainly is, but he's becoming a liability in man coverage. The team's oldest player, Jenkins, may also agree to a restructure rather than be released, and I'm thinking that's more likely. As opposed to them cutting, because remember, the the standpoint for the Saints mindset as a team when Coach Payton stepped down was continuity. That was the key term there. And as the Saints have been moving throughout the offseason, continuity has been the the uh, the theme that they have echoed throughout the organization. They brought back a guy that's uh, Dennis Allen, who's very familiar. He brought in, he had Coach uh, uh, Coach Payton's mindset in uh, maybe a more conservative body in Dennis Allen. I mean, excuse me, in Pete Carmichael, who's the OC. So a lot of these uh, top players, the defensive coordinators, they co-coordinated the defensive guys because Ryan Nelson and Coach Rashard, we knew it would come down to either one of those guys. But they kind of keep the stability of the offense and defense intact, bring the special teams coach back, giving him the assistant uh, coach title. So he kind of appeased, he kind of really shrewdly how the Saints did this offseason. They appeased a lot of these coaches and kept them in place this year. And now do the Saints do the same with certain personnel in the Saints defense? Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams, those are big question marks. I think they restructure Malcolm. And I also think they eventually will pay Marcus Williams. So, and also, like I said, when you think about paying these guys, you also got to look into next year because you got guys like McCoy and and, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson coming in. But by that time, we they looking at it as the cap will increase, which should free up even more money. You see, the Saints have more money than they ever had next year if they rock it right and not kind of bury themselves again. So I don't think they'll do that. That's why they have all those draft picks. Anyway, uh, uh, let's keep going. Uh, Cutting Jenkins could save $3.9 million in dead cap money in 2022 and 23. The Saints are expected to make a hard push to bring back free agent Marcus Williams. They may also believe that resigning free agent safety cornerback P.J. Williams is cheaper option to Jenkins or address the position with a draft choice. At some point, the Saints have to take a safety in the draft. Now, whether that's early, I don't think it'll be early but should be maybe within the first three or four rounds. They should take a safety because behind Marcus Williams, behind Malcolm Jenkins, you have P.J. Williams that are more than likely to be on a one-year deal, maybe two, but you still need a, a safety behind those guys. When Malcolm Jenkins is 34 years old, sooner or later he's going to go, and then you need somebody to step in and take his place. And you would do yourself a service if you would pick up a, a good safety, maybe round three or four, if, you know, and they'll have them there. They got some pretty decent ones there. Anyway, let's keep it going. The next one, cut possibility, probable Nick Vanette. 
uh, tight end, 29 years old. Coach Payton gave this man a, a, a three, four year contract, I think it was. Right when he was cut by Denver, I was like, what are you looking at? But he, Nick, uh, Coach Payton was enthralled by Nick Vanette. I think we need a, a veteran that's uh, uh, that can teach guys like Adam Troutman how to play the position and push the group. So a veteran, uh, a smart economic veteran signing at the tight end position in the Saints. I think uh, Vanette, his contract is cheap, but we need another veteran to kind of put to work with that. And I wouldn't be mad if the, if the Saints put Nick Vanette in the street for real. I, I wouldn't be. 2022 cap hit 3.3 million cap savings if traded 3 million, 300,000 on a dead cap and cap savings if released 1.1 million, 2.2 uh, dead cap. That's a lot. Vanette was signed last year to provide veteran compliment. Uh, to young Adam Troutman, both players were big disappointments in the passing game. Injuries limited Vanette to only seven games. He caught 15 passes for 133 yards, one touchdown. A six-year veteran, Vanette's a strong blocker for the rushing attack as a receiver. He offers little, nearly no threat as a downfield target. Now he's big, six foot six. But remember the time he had an opportunity to kind of bring in that touchdown catch and he dropped it. And I'm like, uh, no, we not, <laughs> no. If you six foot six, six seven, you get both your your big old uh, bear paws on the bat on the football. You got to you got to bring it down. The Saints are badly in need of a playmaker at both the tight end and receiver. Tight end seems a spot they can address a little cheaper in free agency, releasing either Vanette or Troutman. And he said releasing Troutman. This is Bob Rose now. A twenty twenty third round choice provides much cap relief. So I don't know if they release Troutman, but it's very interesting that Bob Rose, a real smart dude on covering this stuff, would say releasing Troutman. You know, could people feel like Troutman was a bust? Do they feel like they can get the most out of him? I mean, he's still in his third year. I still, I say, leave the kid alone. He's a cheap contract and a developing player. He was in a sophomore slump last year. What does he look like in year three? If he catches 50 to 60 balls, I think that kind of gets the heat up off him because it's a big ceiling, uh, uh, big shoes for him. To, well, I ain't going to say big shoes and feel a tight end position. But if he can perform like we've seen him do in college, that can help him uh, kind of thrive a bit. And you can see at times he was trying to get going. He was trying to move in that that uh, in those little length of games where Coach Payton was featuring him in the passing attack. And then he got hurt. So, I mean, he he knows Troutman knows that he needs to step up this year and show out, man, because people really are getting tired of Adam Troutman, to be honest with you. I'm patient. I give him another shot because he's a developmental player. He's a, a third round draft pick. He's a cheap contract for the black and gold, but I would definitely add a veteran to the tight end room to kind of help him out there. Unless New Orleans can find a trade partner for either Vanetta Troutman, it seems likely that both will be on the roster in 2022. Now, cut possibility unlikely is to New Passenio, who's 27 years of age. And remember, Passenio was doing really well. At one time, he was leading the team in sacks, and then he got hurt and just fell, and then he just got absorbed by a black hole. You never see him again. You know, he just went into the shadow realm some way. <laughs> you never seen him after that. Passing you was one of the team's biggest surprise after being added in the free agency last year. He led the Saints in sacks and was second in pressures over the first half of the year. Unfortunately, a nagging ankle injury ended his season after just eight games. Passing you had four sacks, 11 pressures, three tackles for loss, a forced fumble over just a half a year. He showed the ability to be a factor along the edge, but also an inside. He's a big problem for him inside six foot seven batting balls down and all this kind of stuff. His versatility and development strengthened an already formidable New Orleans defensive line. An athletic player with good strength and a prototypical size of 6'7", 290 pounds. Passing your 
has had an impressive transformation for a raw rookie. He was well on his way to his best year. It was really, he was really going, man, Jameis. The Saints have had other decisions to make at this point. Fourth year defensive end Carl Grandison is a restricted free agent. Fifth year star Marcus Davenport is headed into a contract year in line for a big payday. And veteran pro bowler Cam, the man Jordan, has one of the highest cap hits on the team, but will likely, they're going to restructure Cam coming up soon. You better believe it. Passing your assignment for the next two years, given his production and versatility, he is a reasonable cap hit for the team so he makes 3.1 mil cap savings of 3 million dead cap of 100 g's so there you go okay and we keep going cut possibility 50 50 on mark ingram age 32 years old and i don't think he gets cut because of elvin kamara what happened with elvin kamara you don't know that you don't want to put both you know a veteran like mark ingram that loads it in the street you want to put a compliment with him tony jones jr a lot of people like him still a lot there's he can't stay healthy it appears but we definitely need some help along with Mark Ingram, and to see exactly what Elvin Kamara is going to do. An October trade with Houston brought Ingram back to New Orleans, where he starred uh, from 2011 to 2018 in seven games with the Saints. He rushed for 260 yards and picked up, a number 100, uh, uh, picked up another 138 on 20 receptions. The trade united Ingram and Kamara for one of the league's better backfield combos. It was a key acquisition for a team that struggled to pass the football in 21. Ingram is one of the NFL's best runners between the tackles and still has decent open field bursts and is an underrated contributor in the passing game. With a modest cap hit of just over 2 million, Ingram is team-friendly. A team-friendly offensive weapon with Kamara possibly face legal issues from a February incident in Las Vegas. New Orleans may need to lean on their veteran back if Kamara is suspended. Now the Saints all-time lead in rushing yardage and rushing touchdowns. Ingram is still an effective option going into the 12th season. New Orleans still may bring in another running back through the draft or free agency. However, Ingram seems likely to return with his low contract and his experience. As said, I agree. Cut possibility unlikely. Now the contracts of Cam Jordan and Demario Davis weigh heavily on the Saints salary cap. However, both players are likely to be restructured and released because of their talent and importance to the team. Better believe it. Three players from the Saints' disappointing 2020 draft class also bear watching. Troutman was mentioned above. Starting right guard Cesar Ruiz and backup Zach Bond also played well below expectations. Bond played well to his credit when he started the year, but boy, oh boy, did that rookie come on to just take it from him. Now, Ruiz was the team's biggest dis- disappointment, but a first-round choice in 2020 uh, 2020 releasing him isn't an option because it would nearly cost you almost six million in dead cap. If the Saints were to find a trade partner for Rees, partnering with him would create uh just under two million in cap relief, but spread out three point four million in debt cap over the two years. Now, on the Cesar Ruiz thing, just saying this on the Cesar Ruiz thing, family. Cesar Ruiz is playing out of position to me. You see what I'm saying? Now he sucks as the right angle call angle say he sucks, but he's not very good at the guard position because that's what he doesn't do. He's not a guard. So, you know, he's not strong. Sometimes he gets lost, but when he played center, you can see he looked a lot better at center than he did at guard. Amen. Can I get amen from the, from, (laughs) from the church, from the congregation? What do y'all think? Was he, you know, put one in the chat, uh, amen, if you think that he played better at center versus playing at the guard. The guard position is very noticeable because, man, boy, I tell you, man, he was responsible for giving up the hit on Drew Brees. Um, uh, well, no, that was Andrews Pete. But uh, Ruiz had some play. Yeah, he also gave up some hits on Drew. Uh, Ruiz gave up some hits on uh, uh, on Cam, as, I mean, on uh, Jameis as well. And sometimes he would just have one guy to block and would just not block the guy. 
They'll have two guys going at him. He don't block anybody. So I, I, it's hard for me to say that Ruiz is a bust in his, what, third year? Let's see where he fits. I would say if, well, you got Dan Rouchard, that offensive line coach. Do they make the change to put Cesar Ruiz, because he's a big part of the Saints offensive line. They spent the first round selection. It ain't like they can pull him out of the lineup like Kelvin Throckmorton and say, get your ass on the bench. You sorry. They can't do that. They spent the first round draft pick on Cesar Ruiz, which was a bad move in my opinion, but they spent it on him as a center and then tried to get him to play guard, which was a big mistake. And then as opposed to put him at the position, Coach Payton got stubborn and said, now I'm going to make him a guard. So hopefully Dennis Allen doesn't have that same hangup. Hopefully they can put this kid at center, the position where he was drafted out of college to be, let him learn the center position, slide McCoy to guard, and see if that works. But he is not going to work on any other part of the offensive line as a guard. He won't. It, it don't work. He's not a good guard. So let him play center. And if he can't get the center position straight, then, you know, you might have to get him on up out of here. But he still got some time to learn. But guard is a big no-no, man, for Cesar Ruiz. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov careers slash USBP. Norlis has to part with several players to meet the 21 cap requirements. Not as much financial wizardry is required this year. Most of what the Saints need to do uh, can be accomplished in more contract restructures. However, there may still be some familiar faces that won't be back in Saints uniform in 2022. Now, I, I just the way I see it. Uh, what's up, Tragic? Uh, the way I see it in terms of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Muse. <laughs> She says, hey, man, I'm with you, Q. All right. <laughs> JT says, no, Q, trade him for a safety. I don't think you're going to get a good safety for Ruiz. I don't know if you're going to get good value uh, for Ruiz, you know. Uh, Derek says he's sucking. He did get Breeze broke up. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yep. I'm thinking of Andrus with, uh, when Aaron Donald popped him. But you're right. Yeah, you're right as well. But see, that's the thing. He's playing out of position. So that's half of his fault and half the team's fault because Coach Payton knows People was telling him, listen, that guy need to play center. No, I won't see what Andrew, what uh, uh, Eric McCoy. You know Eric McCoy can play the guard position. You know I mean, the center position. We know that. 
We know that. But you, he does better. It'll be, be better served for the Saints offensive line. If you put Ruiz at the center he was drafted, at the position he was drafted at, which was center, try him there and then move McCoy to the guard position. I think McCoy would become an all-pro guard at the guard position and let Ruiz learn the center position. We got to settle the interior line because there's flux there. You don't know where Ruiz is going. Does McCoy slide to guard? Does Ruiz stay at the guard position? You know, it, it's flux there. And of course, you what happens with Andrews Pete? Is Andrew Pete going to be the right side position? And for right, and they had a writer wrote an article talking about the contract language of the offensive lineman uh, in terms, it just brings it to mind. Somebody sent me this. And what's intriguing is you have, if you have a offensive guard, I mean, offensive lineman that's on your team and most functional uh, uh, offensive lines, it don't have to be in the pros, but period. Usually the best offensive lineman is the blind side lineman. The guy that's uh, protecting the back of your quarterback, the, the quarterback's blind side. That's usually the best offensive lineman you have. That's common football knowledge that that'll be the case. So if he gets paid, the guy that gets paid the most money more than likely will occupy the blind side offensive lineman position, especially if you have a lineman that possibly like Teron Armstead, the Saints can't afford. They can't afford to pay Teron Armstead. They can't unless Teron Armstead takes a cheap deal to come back to New Orleans. And if he's sentimental enough, that's cool to bring him back here if you can make it work with the numbers. But if if Teron Armstead wants to bank out his annual value as calculated by Sportrack and over the cap is 20 plus million a year. There's no way the Saints are going to do that for him. But as a as a as Ram check, as I call him, big check. It's got He got paid all that money. He's one of the top five highest paid offensive linemen in the NFL. There is no way he plays any other position except for the blind side position. What, what person in their mind would take Ramchek, leave him at right tackle, and put James Hurst at the blind side position? The only way Ramchek plays right tackle is if you got a left-handed quarterback. <laughs> That's the only way. If you got a left-handed quarterback, then I can see you switching it to that side. But listen, if he is a right-handed quarterback and his blind side falls to the left side of the offensive line, Ramchek will be an offensive a left side. I don't give a fuck. I, excuse my French on that. I'm sorry. Just strict that from the record. I don't give a got. You know what? That if it, whatever language is written in some agreement, the hell with the language. It's all about the money that he's getting paid and where he's going to play. Ramchek will play the blind side position. We said this two years out. That this will be the case because Teron Armstead, they can't afford him no more unless he took a sweetheart deal to stay here. If it's anything other than that, Ramchek will be the blind side tackle. And for people that don't understand that, I don't know what you I don't know how you talk in football. Go look at all of the functional offensive linemen. The highest paid guy is the blind side guy because he does the job of protecting the quarterback's blind side. That's usually your best offensive lineman. And Teron Armstead for years have been a blind side for the Saints. And and then I was telling y'all this when off when Teron Armstead got hurt, who did they slide back there to the blind side? It was your boy, Andrews Pete. I've been telling y'all that for years. Check in the chat. I've been telling y'all that for years. So the bottom line is Ramchek got all that money. Man, that dude gonna be a blind side tackle. The hell with the rest of the people saying. And then the Saints have to figure out who's going to be the right tackle. But listen, 
that is an easier job to find the right tackle than you would talk about finding a blindside tackle. You got a good one, and Ramcheck, when healthy, is one of the best in the business. Prior to us paying him that money, you know, he was there all the time. Then he got the money, got hurt, unfortunately. But Ramcheck is the man, and he will play the blindside position unless you have, unless you got a left-handed quarterback. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know you can't put James Hurts. People talk, told me James Hurts. I said, oh, y'all, what is y'all drinking? Did y'all go down to the sewage place and get a glass of drink? I mean, what's going on? Thank you, Hoodie. Said, Bicky, your thoughts on us getting uh, diarrhea from Bama as our new uh, conditioning coach? I think it's awesome, bro, that we get uh, – because uh, I know the Saints didn't elevate the uh, one of the key assistants they had at the special – we covered this last week, I think it was, when we talked about them looking to get Alabama's uh, strength and conditioning coach and the uh, – it was another title. It's two of them that the Saints were looking to pull from Alabama. I'm an LSU guy, so I think it's terrific that we take something from Alabama to weaken them. <laughs> so I think it's absolutely terrific, Hoodie. So thank you for that, bro. But this is a bit of innovative thinking by the Saints stepping out and doing something a little different. Boy, I tell you, that was a terrific idea if you think about it because Alabama perpetually and consistently plays for national championships. The conditioning of their players are are excellent. So it makes perfect sense for the Saints to go there and pull those guys out of college to give them a job in the pros. Well done, New Orleans Saints, for that and well done for weakening the Crimson Tide because I'm an Alabama, because I, I'm not an Alabama dude. I'm an LSU dude. So <laughs> I appreciate it. But yeah, that's the thing, though, fam. So all this other rhetoric about uh, uh, James Hurst playing left blind tackle, right? Right, Really? Seriously? I mean, and it is a real credible thing. You got Landon Young you throw in the mix, who's a, who's coming off his rookie year, got a broken foot. The Saints have to con- consider whether or not they go and draft the guy to play the ra- right tackle position, or if it's a battle between Landon Young and Andrews Pete, who could play the right tackle position, do the Saints finally roll him out there? So, I mean, there is some flux there, and we have to figure out, interiorly speaking, what do the Saints do? Because last year, they had some turnover, and of course, the depth underneath the off the starters need to be addressed as well. So, I mean, this is some of the stuff that we deal with here, man, but uh, nonetheless, we just got to keep it moving. All right, so let's go back to it. Chef Scream here, and we'll talk about the Saints international games. Here's the, the Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, Jaguars, Saints uh, are set to play internationally in 2022. So your black and gold, man, is going to get on the road and go uh, to uh, the United Kingdom. So let's see. That's, that's, the Arizona Cardinals are playing the NFL's first game in Mexico since 2019, while the Packers will be joined by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the New Orleans Saints playing games in the United Kingdom. So the Bucks will debut in Germany as well. So the black and gold is headed to the UK to play. Now, you know, we had games we played over there. Remember, we beat the brakes off the Miami Dolphins those years ago. So being able to go overseas to play, man, you know, we just have to handle uh, the business. As you can see right here, the New Orleans Saints, United Kingdom, the, the country, United Kingdom and London. The stadium is Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the team is the New Orleans Saints, baby. So we got to get ready to handle a business on whoever we plan. It don't make a difference. We're going we're gonna to squash them out anyway. All right. So let's keep it going, fam. And hold on here. Let me see if I wanted to kind of. Well, let's hit some of that. It's so many different authors. Well, let me share this one with you. The New Orleans uh, salary cap situation from Track. As you can see, the cap, according to Track, is now it's an overage of just it's 49 million overage right now. 
uh, that we're dealing with. Now, as you can see, this is the calculated. And this is what I was just talking to the family members about is the calculated uh, market value of people. Look at Davenport's 23.3. Ridiculous. Deontay Harris, almost 10 million annually. But at some point, they're going to make some money. Harris is somebody you're looking at. And of course, this is look at this. This is from Sportrack and also other people share the sentiment. This is the and the, this is the calculated market value for Tyron Armstead. The only way you get Tyron Armstead back. Look at this here. You see this here? 20, almost twenty four million dollars average annual salary market value four years at ninety five million. What? Now, they ranking him as the number one left tackle there. NFL rank altogether is 16. You see just under 24 million uh, as that. They say a future contract and an average salary of 13 million per year. But they're looking at a four year deal at nine, almost 96 million for the likes of Teron Armstead. So where does that put him among some of the top? You see guys like Bakhtari, uh right there at 92 million. Tunzel, uh, Barrett, Garrett Bowles and, and Taylor Lewan are all 80 plus million men. They saying that Armstead is a guy he can finally bank out and have a big contract. That's all I was saying about some of these guys, you know, does he then take a, a step back and say, nah, you know what? I won't go back to the new Orleans saints, anything possible, but you got to give them a discount. Saints can't afford them at those type of numbers. And Teron Armstead might feel like he want to go somewhere and bank out, you know, but then again, the saints, remember there were articles released last year that the saints was going to let him test free agency. They're going to let, let him test free agency. And let him go out there, and I and we'll see what kind of money he commands. The Saints do do that at times, so we'll see. Uh, so anyway, let's keep this thing going right here. New Orleans Saints former defensive end Glenn Foster uh, died. Well, hold on, before I even get to that, that'll be the last story I cover. Uh, this is from 2016. Thank you, Hoodie. Hoodie says new rumors like 25 minutes ago. Saints also interested in Mitchell Trubisky. Your thoughts? My goodness, my goodness. I I can't say what I really want to say. <laughs> On uh, on the show, I, I'm sorry I can't. Uh, Derome, who that tell you? Uh, what's up, brother Thomas? Who that tell you? Yeah, Mitchell uh, Mitchell uh, Trubisky, bro, is uh, no. You know, and some people would even I don't know when I see Mitchell Trubisky, you know, I kind of see a, a a guy that's similar. He's not Taysom Hill because he's a better. Believe it or not, he's a better passer than Taysom Hill, but. Uh, hoodie man, I, I I'm not feeling the Mitchell Trubisky thing. I really not. I'm not. Now he's a better quarterback than Taysom Hill in my opinion, and he is athletic. He's a big quarterback, but I don't. I mean, uh, we got Garrett, we got Blake freaking Bartles on our practice squad. Blake Bartles, you know. So what's a Mitchell Trubisky if you sign him for a super cheap deal on the practice squad? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got Blake freaking Bartles on our practice squad. For what? What do we need Blake Bartles for? What is Blake Bartles going to do? I, I mean, anyway, I don't know. I'm not a fan of the Mitchell Trubisky uh, uh, situation at all, Hoodie, man. I'm just going to keep it a, a buck with you, man. I, I'm not a fan of that at all, man. I don't like it at all. I think the Saints can do better. All right, let's move on. Thank you for your super chat, bro. Uh, report Saints wouldn't ask for much in a Sean Payton trade. Now, family, this was in tw- this was December the 20th of 2016 from 24-7 Sports. This has eight, hasn't aged well, has it? Now, remember, 2019 was a year where Coach Payton said that he was going to step down, but Anthony Davis thing happened and he stayed on, but he was going to step down in 2019. This is from the horse's mouth. 
But check this one out. This is from the Wayback Machine. Saints wouldn't ask for much in the Sean Payton trade. <laughs> you say, man, you kidding, Q. Well, let me read it to you. New Orleans Saints are set to finish the 2016 season. Just think about this for a second. This is how they were writing it. Always good to go back and look it up. The Saints are set to finish the 2016 season outside of the final playoff picture for the third consecutive season. As a result, the future of Saints head coach Sean Payton has come under question. A recent report from CBS Sports said that not only might the Saints be potentially willing to trade Peyton in the offseason, in the coming offseason now, this is 2016, right? But they wouldn't ask for much in, retain, in return in such a move. Now, from CBS, league sources said, that's what them league sources again said, that the Saints adrift in another lost season and with a veteran quarterback, Drew Brees, spiraling in recent weeks, will consider moving the coach should there be suitors and would not likely require a hefty trade compensation. Moving Peyton's contract would free up $40 million at a time when owner Tom Benson's health and the future of the ownership is in question. And that money, along with the $25 million in cash and cap savings that would occur when Drew departs, will go a long way to providing an influx of means to rebuild this team. Benson also has struggled with his NBA franchise, both in the standings and at the box office. When asked to comment on the CBS report following the Saints' victory over the Cardinals on Sunday, Peyton simply said no. So, uh, as you can, you know, reading this story, the Saints wouldn't ask much for uh, Co Coach Peyton in the trade. Now, before you say, man, that's crazy. That's December the 20th of 2016, fam. Look, this 24-7 sports, they're pretty decent at coverage, too. But that just goes to show you how in the past, how they looked at getting rid of Peyton. People saying, man, you crazy for getting rid of Peyton. Then you think about it. You go back in the past. You start pulling up stuff when they were actually close to trading him out of here. The people forget that. But it's good to kind of ref refresh people and remind people about that. But then three years after this article, Coach Peyton was ready to leave the city. That's from the horse's mouth. And he stopped because Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis was getting ready to leave and he did he was asking for a trade and if coach Payton would have left at around the same time vein as as Anthony Davis that'd have been a gut punch for uh the New Orleans sports family members. So he simply simply stayed on for several more years. And then up to last year, according to Jay Glazer, in November, late November, Glazer said he spoke with him about retiring before the season was over with, when they were in the crutch of the playoff. That's from Jay Glazer and we covered that like the day after the Coach Payton fiasco broke out. Glazer said that he was supposed to break the story and that Coach Payton called him and was talking to him about retiring in late November. So, I mean, this has been on going. It just hit it from us. And we were like, ah, no, you ain't going to leave. Yeah, you got two years left. Ah, da, 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 da. Got a good this, that, and the third. And of course, like I said, when he's left, the biggest surprise to me outside of Coach Payton knocking me off my seat saying he's going to step down was the fact the uh, apparent thought process of, okay, you got two years left on your contract, just two years. All right. So if, you know, in two years, if you work your magic, this team could be, you know, a deep playoff team. But the mere fact that he stepped away from the team with two years remaining on his contract, to me, was saying this team is not good enough within the next two years to make the playoffs. So that to me, in my mind, I was like, damn, because if you had a Super Bowl team and you were looking at it, you would not step away from a Super Bowl team with two years remaining on your contract. So obviously he see the team a lot longer off than just two years. You get what I'm saying? That's what hit me. And that's how my mind worked when I was thinking about that whole thing. But anyway, let's keep it going. Uh, former New Orleans Saints defensive end Glenn Foster Jr. died in police custody. His family wants answers. Remember, we covered this. I don't know how many moons ago. 
is by ESPN's Michael A. Fletcher. Uh, Pamela Foster turns the question over in her mind day and day out why their husband, a retired New Orleans Saints player turned successful businessman, end up dead in the backseat of a police SUV two days after he was arrested in rural Alabama. Nearly three months after the death of Glenn Foster Jr., his grieving family has received no answer from authorities in Pickens County, Alabama, where Foster was taken into custody halfway through his drive from New Orleans to Atlanta on a business trip. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They have no, they have no official autopsy results, no incident reports, no explanations from the sheriff's department that was transporting Foster when he died. That all all spills, it screams to me corruption. It screams to me uh, cover-up. It screams to me guilt. Because if there was nothing to hide, turn over the reports of the official autopsy. Turn over the incident reports and address the matter. She says every day, that's the least you can do when if something like that happened within your custody is to provide comfort for the family. Quote, every day you want to make a story in your head, but nothing adds up. End quote. Pamela Foster told ESPN, quote, so it is very difficult. It's very hard to grieve when you're trying to put pieces of the puzzle together and the pieces are just not there because there is no transparency. End quote. Everyone who knew Foster said he had big ambitions, a big heart and a big personality to match. Six four two seventy. the former Saints defensive end, grew up in a striving middle class family steeped in entrepreneurship. He played just two years of pro football before his career was cut short by injury. But Foster turned the setback into a springboard to realize his lifelong dream of going into business. The only thing uh, the Alabama officials have said is that Foster, who's 31, was found unresponsive. And a police vehicle on December the 6th after being transported from Pickens County Jail to a hospital a half hour away in Northport, Alabama for a mental health evaluation. Hmm. Let's read that again and see if it makes sense. The only thing Alabama officials have said that Foster, who's 31, was found unresponsive in a police vehicle on December the 6th after being transported. From Pickens County Jail to a hospital a half an hour away in Northport, Alabama for a mental health evaluation. 
Alabama State Bureau of Investigation is probing his death. Nothing. And this is here go quoting again. Nothing further is available as the investigation is ongoing. The Bureau said in a statement, once complete, the findings will be turned over to the Tuscaloosa County District Attorney's Office. The District Attorney Office also declined to comment, saying only thing that if the investigation reveal evidence of a crime, it will be presented to a grand jury for possible criminal charges. The murky circumstances of Foster's death have stirred deep suspicion among black residents who say a long history of racial hostility in Pickens County remains unbroken. The Equal Justice Initiative documented 14 lynchings there between 1877 and 1950. In recent years, activists and civil rights lawyers in the area have accused local police of continuing to operate with murderous impunity. Damn. Foster is the third black man who has been killed by police or died in police custody under questionable circumstances in Pickens County, population 20,000 since 2019. And of course, here is uh, another quote, quote, there is a pattern of and practicing of violating the constitutional rights of African-Americans by the sheriff's department. Benjamin Crump, the prominent attorney, Ben Crump is everywhere, man. He tries most of these cases. Attorney has been de- retained by Foster's family, told ESPN. They play this game of charades when they try to delay, delay, delay by saying it's ongoing investigation. Hopes that people are going to forget and they can sweep it under the rug. But we're going to keep pushing. Foster's death came two days after he was arrested for allegedly speeding and attempted to elude police in tiny Reform, Alabama, just west of Tuscaloosa. Now, police and Reform said they clocked Foster's black 2020 Jeep Wrangler going 92 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone shortly before midnight on Friday. What the hell going on there? Police said Foster led them on an eight mile chase that ended in the town of Gordo, where police laid down spike strips to stop him. His car rolled through a parking lot and behind some business before hitting a metal railing. Police charged Foster with reckless endangerment and resisting arrest, and he was taken to the jail. The next morning, Foster's father said he received an email from the reformed police chief, Richard Black. Glenn Foster Sr. called the chief and explained the circumstances of the arrest and immediately suspected his son was having a mental health episode. Foster was diagnosed as having bipolar disorder in 2010, but his family says he most managed, he managed his condition well. That, that would explain it. Uh, Foster Sr. told Black that the behavior he was hearing about was out of character and agreed with the chief that his son needed a mental health evaluation. And then, quote, for him to try to elude police was not Glenn. We raised Foster, Foster Sr. said, I've been pulled over by police. He's been pulled over by the police before. You show your proof of insurance, your driver's license, your registration. You get your ticket. You keep trucking. Foster Sr. made arrangements with police to bail out his son. But by the time his wife, Sabrina, and Pamela Foster arrived in Pickens County from Louisiana on Sunday, things changed. Jail officials would not release Foster because he faced new charges of assault and robbery after allegedly attacking a fellow inmate and what authorities said was an attempt to steal the man's socks. The other inmate was taken to the hospital for treatment of bone bruises and swelling from the assault, and a sheriff's deputy was slightly injured when breaking up the fracas. 
according to court records. The next day, Foster went before a Pickens County judge who observed that Foster, quote, is not mentally stable and a danger to himself and others, end quote. The judge then ordered Foster to be held without bond and that he undergo a mental health assessment. The C-19 restrictions prevented his family from seeing him, and it was it was left to the Pickens County Sheriff's Office to transport Foster to Northport for the assessment. Foster's family left for home. On the drive back, they called Pickens County Sheriff's Office to see how things were going with the exam. They were stunned by the response from Sheriff Todd Hall, who said they told him, Woo! It was a ride. Hall then went on to say Foster was still being evaluated. Later, Foster Court appointed attorney called to tell the parents their son was already dead before an exam could take place. Good grief. And then she said, my wife later called the sheriff back and asked, why didn't you tell us? He said, I don't like to give bad news over the phone. Foster seeing Toei's pen. That was the response. When Foster Jr. was growing up in Chicago, his biggest dreams were not about in football. And instead, it was about building he said, build on the example of his parents who owned several rental properties. Foster's parents would often enlist Glenn and his sister Bria to help out with the business. They would paint sand floors. That was pretty, that's pretty good, man. Foster worked with an older cousin who hired him as a runner at the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So, man, yeah, entrepreneurship, big, big, big. Then they give a backdrop of the rest of uh, his life and with his family, what's life and all kind of other stuff pertaining to his family. But, yeah, it's really and this is a picture of him and his wife. And look, all his babies, man, all his babies. So your brother has some problems. But man, listen, man, that is wrong. How they doing this family? They got to at least give him some information about his own going after three months, man. You could put some put some put some stink on it and get that done, man. And then he talk about the money he did. It's a very lengthy argument. You can see him right here cutting the ribbon for one of his businesses in grand opening. So if y'all, I'm not going to read the whole thing here, fam. It is a lot to, to kind of cover. You know, but you can see, you know, him with his babies there. And, and then that's the thing he says, the family has been in a futile struggle for answers. You know, and they just want to know. It's a lengthy argument, man. I mean, a lengthy article here, fam. You can go to ESPN. And read the whole thing. I can't cover it all, man. I read as much as I can, as time will permit. But very sad, man. And hopefully, you know, we can get something, some information back about Glenn Foster because that is very fishy. You know, so hopefully we'll find out and, and they put some stank on that and get that investigation done. Because usually if you, if you don't, it, it depends on who investigating it, too. And the seriousness of uh, them pushing it, but hopefully the family can have some peace here, man. They can give them some clarity and some peace about what happened. I, if I'm if I'm not wrong, I remember reading this article. We covered it several times on the Sports Coma about uh, the family having an independent autopsy done uh, to him, and I forgot what was the the outcome of it. I'm not going to speculate, but uh, it definitely sounds very fishy. Uh, what's going on? So we're gonna see what happens, man. It's just that Ben Crump is there. He going to bring the press. So they, they got a flashy guy that's covered, that's going to do it. So uh, sad, 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 man. And we know a lot. We don't mental health is serious in this country and people. Uh, and, and, and it's a lot going on in the world. You know, you know, the world is is really 
topsy-turvy at times. And sometimes you got to find peace where you can and kind of balance things to see what what's the difference between reality and what's not reality. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes uh, people need help with that process. So, you know, I've just pray for the family, man, and, and hopefully they find they get some answers here. But anyway, much love to the fam. I appreciate y'all being in the live stream. We had quite a few articles to, to call uh, over. We went over. What's up, RG? Who that to your fam uh, as well? Uh, much love to you guys. Appreciate y'all being in the thing as we we hearing some stuff. Now, this one called Dolphins plan on pursuing Coach Payton. The Saints denied him, you know, and ultimately uh, he'll he's under contract this year. You'll be under contract next year. And then, of course, it comes down to what do uh, the Saints get for Sean Payton? Now, I've showed you the article from 2016. I think they'll get a lot more for him this year, because if you got somebody like Dallas that wants him, you're going to pay for him. You're going to give picks and players. Uh, for Coach Payton. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what we give. Now, I remember the only one of the main things you have is the Gruden argument of what the Raiders gave up to acquire the likes of guys like John Gruden, the John Gruden trade that sent him from uh, from uh, from the from the Raiders to the the Buccaneers. So, you know, that's the only uh, situation that you have. And you think about, well, they gave up a bunch of stuff the land the likes of uh, a giant Gruden as their guy. And remember, we just going to revisit this trade, revisiting giant Gruden's rare NFL coach trade from the Raiders to the Buccaneers. Giant Gruden made the headlines and we know he out of the league because of some stuff he said. <laughs> you got to watch what you say, I guess. Gruden was in news for a different reason, you know, but we using his example of what the trade looked like back in the day, just to refresh our minds about it. And here's a look now. This is the details. The Raiders received two first round picks, two second round picks and eight million dollars in cash. Buccaneers got Gruden straight up. You know, the picks turned in 21st and 53 overall in 02. Second overall is 20, uh, uh, 32nd overall in 2003 and 33 overall in 2004. While the Raiders didn't keep all the picks, the players selected out those spikes with tight end Daniel Graham, offensive tackle Langston, uh, Langston Walker. Tyler Brayton running back Tony Hollins in the 2004 supplemental draft by Houston. The players that ended up with Oakland, thanks to those draft picks, were Walker Brayton, Philip Buchanan, Sam Wills, and Ryan Young. So they ain't do uh, Ryan Hogan. So they ain't do too much good with some of the. I mean, with some of these picks, I think the Saints would do a lot better than them. But the you can see right here, two first rounders, two second rounders, and eight million in cash. You know, it might be going a little further up in terms of what we get for coach Payton when the year comes and they're going to have other suitors that's looking for him, but do the saints do what's best for them or do they do what's best for coach Payton? I think they'll send coach Payton uh, uh, to, you know, if the dolphins wanted them and they already got their coach, this was prior to them hiring this new guy. And there is uh openings next year. He's going to be the top list on whoever has a QB open, including Dallas next year. A lot of people putting him with Dallas because he has a house there. He has a relationship there, being that he came from uh, Dallas to come to New Orleans. So him going back to Dallas would not be beyond the scope of poss- uh, of reality. And the fact that Dallas does have a pretty decent team, defensively speaking, and there, uh, offensively speaking, he brings his system there. They could have success. It's not guaranteed. But if I was the Saints, I would trade him to the AFC. But I think they would want to make Coach Payton happy for all of the services that he did. So do you do what's best for the Saints or do you do best for Coach Payton? I think the Saints would probably do best 
uh, for Coach Payton, but they would get proper compensation. And we showed you the two first round picks, two second round picks and the eight million dollars in cash for John Gruden. And of course, we'll see what they do for Coach Payton when the time comes. But anyway, that's some of it. But with that being said, listen, I'd like to thank all the family members uh, for joining me on this episode. What's up, Universal Troop? Uh, he says, uh, says Mika Parsons did an interview with Eisen stating that Sean Payton will coach the Cowboys in 2023. I think he doesn't know that Payton may be in the booth for Fox uh, 4. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, for Fox. That's one of the stories that Coach Payton is a finalist to be an analyst, but for a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal that Coach Payton's trying it for. It's not a multi-year deal. And you know they have language, even if it was a multi-year deal, there's language written into the agreement. If they decide to want to go to coach again, they can simply buy out of the agreement or what have you to keep doing what it do. So it's really interesting to see how it all twists and turns, you know, in terms of Coach Payton, because that domino is yet to fall. I'm thinking that's something we'll see uh, in 2023. So, but as far as this year is concerned, we keep moving forward to build the team in the, in the proper way. So with that being said, listen, man, I appreciate y'all for joining us on this one. We're going to holler at y'all later on it. If for all my Pelican family members, please feel free to get ready for the Pelican post game report. We're going to jump on now, talk about the Lakers uh, game from last night. The Lakers uh, was blown. The Pelicans destroyed, they annihilated the Los Angeles Lakers. They annihilated the Phoenix Suns. The Pelicans are doing their thing. And notice, you don't hear all that questioning and talk about this, that, the third when the Pelicans are winning. It tried that distractionary stuff. It didn't work. We called it out. And that's what you got to keep doing, baby. You got to call out the BS in the bunk. You know, if you see them media people doing that, call them out. Don't sit there and agree with them. So anyway, with that being said, hit the like button. Subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Feel free to join. If you're a Pelican person, feel free to join us at the Pelican Post Game Report. We're going to be jumping on that live momentarily. And much love to the fam. Check out the merch shops. Uh, links in the description section below. Join the Patreon, join YouTube membership to help out the platform. And listen, fam, y'all keep y'all heads up. I see the family members, the YouTube members, and the Patreon champion family tomorrow on Patreon Tuesday. Uh, uh, we got some stuff. And also TSC Unleashed, we're going to be doing that, releasing that one tomorrow as well. So thank you, Hoodie. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't, bro. I got a Pelican post game. <laughs> so much love. Sorry, honey. Much love to y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Who that tell you? Yeah. Well, all right. Like you always say. Welcome, hey. welcome, welcome. Number one sports talking deed. Uh. We ain't like the Falcons. We won't blow the lead. Look. We talkin' who that? Who got cut and who back? Rookies in the vets, players you should look at. It's the sports coma, you don't wanna miss it. Got the pre-game, party, post-game statistics. Get a visit from Sway, maybe DC or five. It's the hottest thing smoking, big Q in the guys. Go to YouTube live, make sure you subscribe. In the views inside the Saints locker room high. Talk to Drew, Jordan, Zach, Peyton, New. All in who that nation Best believe when I say we be golden black Ain't a miracle or rivalry could ever hold us back No, beast quake, bounty gate Let the truth be told It's the sports coma All we know is say Super Bowl Yeah You're listening to the sports coma With Big Q and the guys On the PRO Media Network
Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.